3: Well, welcome to the program. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour, which is, in part, brought to you by Eddie Bader with The If You're out there and you feel like you're stuck in a rut, whether in a current home that you own and you don't like it because your family's growing too big. Oh, no, the stress of having so much success in a big family. It's real. Life is ironic and contradictory in that way, but maybe you're like myself and you feel like, I'm stuck in a rut because I'm perpetually going to be renting. I don't make enough money. Whatever the excuse. I don't have enough credit. Whatever the excuse, give Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group a call, 322-0662, and let him show you the options. He's been around the block a few times when it comes to the real estate business. It changed his own life investing in real estate. He's made life change for a lot of people out there by finding them new homes, and your eyes will be open if you give Eddie Bader the chance to be your buyer's agent, to be your real estate agent, and show you all the great options and properties out there in the river region. Check him out on Zillow. That's like pillow, but with a Z. It's almost like a real estate agent's like trading card. Like, Eddie Bader, I choose you. And you can see all the property he sold at what levels in the last few months or year. Or give him a call. It's the best way to do it. For a, a humble, down-to-earth sit-down. Yes, a down-to-earth sit-down. I said that. Eddie Bader's number, three, two, two, zero, six, six, two. Now, on the show tonight, well, we had a while ago the great marriage debate. Tonight is the great marriage preview because this marriage, I have a feeling, and the wedding in particular, which I will be in, and I'm a good luck charm. Every wedding I've been in, people have gone on to be incredibly happy, wealthy, good-looking. It's just... It works. Eric and Emily... How y'all doing tonight? I'm good, Joey. Good. <clears throat> that's good. That's good. Now, I was telling you off-air my uh, my theme, mm-hmm. because it really has been on my mind. It's not just Radio Gaga.
1: Radio Gaga.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: Never mind. <laughs> I am happy Bohemian Rhapsody won the golden gold.
2: I am, too. I'm so happy that I wore a yellow jacket at my bridesmaid's uh, karaoke extravaganza, and Thought I was Freddie Mercury
3: <laughs> It's so much fun. Well, and it's not like I care about the Golden Globes. I just love that movie. Yeah, it was, it was great. Really good. And and so we're getting closer though to this wedding day. Like two weeks or seventeen something? days. Seventeen days. To but be if exact. you ask
2: Rich Thomas, he's a day ahead. Really? When he does the countdown in the morning. Like this morning, he was like, 16 days. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Wait, no. Oh, okay, Rich, you're still a day ahead.
3: Which is fine. But we are closing in. And I've I've been in a few weddings before. It's always great. Like, I've learned, just stand there and look ugly. Like, for (laughs) me, like, you know, put on your little tuxedo or your suit or whatever it is. And just don't screw it up. And it's all about the two people. In particular, weddings are they're about both people but they're also about the bride they really are not the marriage but i mean i don't i haven't asked too many guys when you were a little boy did you you know Put the pillowcase on your head like a wedding veil, and imagine the girl you're always going to marry. That just doesn't happen. Well,
2: that's not the stuff that they watched. You know, you think about everything that little girls grow up watching, and it's you know.
3: Well, yeah, and I'm not saying stuff. not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying it is. Yeah. Like guys, don't uh, I? I don't. I haven't met too many guys that fantasize about their wedding. Like,
2: oh man, I'm totally gonna wear that suit.
3: Right. <laughs> I, I noticed that Eric is being very quiet this <laughs> evening.
1: I have nothing to say about that. No. I,
3: when you were a little it, boy, did you fantasize about your wedding day?
1: No. Right. No. I Honestly, when I started, like when I was 10 maybe, I started fantasizing about falling in love. Yes. I would but, but I'm say. But yeah. it, never, it never really went to... Like, I've got to have these green doilies on the tables at my wedding or anything like that or whatever. Well,
3: and there might be a few guys, now that, you know, gay marriage, I guess, is legal, there might be a few guys that imagine when they're younger. And that's not just a joke. That is, uh, that's true. Yeah. I, I had one, I, there's a guy I'm pretty sure on Facebook who's gay who said that if you didn't, if here's how you knew you were gay when you were young. You watched The Jungle Book and you thought about Mowgli in a particular way. And I was like, all right. I didn't think that way. So I think I passed the test. <laughs> but no, and it's not right or wrong. It is interesting, though, how the wedding has become the, like, the planning. Usually the old cliche is the lady is putting in all the work and is all very focused on the detail. And I know you, Emily. I've talked to you in the last few weeks. You, right before we turn these microphones on, that was you. What talking about? What I mean, you're coming to crunch time, and I get it. But there's a lot going on, right?
2: There's a lot going on. Like uh, our wedding favor bags, we need to get those finished, and Eric's working on that. Um, uh, ribbon, I've got to. I've got to choose ribbon and let Miss Linda and Mister Rob know, because they're helping us out with our send off thing, and that involves ribbon. And so I've got to pick ribbon out. And we have a meeting tomorrow at the Capital City Club because we've had a very high acceptance rate that's awesome, of right? invitations. Is it, Joey?
3: It is awesome. <laughs> no, wait, these beautiful, or, you know, ornate days don't just appear they're out not, of nowhere? They actually not, have to be
1: planned? Yeah, and they're yeah. not
2: free. So, um,
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's true.
2: But yeah, so there's, there's that. There's, you know, the wedding day timeline. There's talking with a man I like to call Numero Uno. You may know him as Dr. Sam. Ooh,
0: I like that Uh, guy.
2: And, uh, you know, he's the DJ for the wedding. So I printed out everything that I've, you know, we have Excel spreadsheets galore. And, because we're organized like that. Well, Eric's organized. Well,
1: I hope you
3: tell him, Dr. Sam, that... I love that man. He's boisterous in the best way possible. He's a great salesman. Mm-hmm. He's got a great radio prestige and, and career. A very impressive gun collector. And the collection is impressive. He's shown me a lot of these historic weapons he owns. Mm-hmm. But if he plays puppy love at your wedding, I'm going to smack him. You no,
2: know, see, here's the thing. This is what I was going to tell you. I printed off the, um, that spreadsheet for him. I also printed mm-hmm. off the wedding day timeline for him. So, basically, the reception is set up like you're doing a show on air. Awesome. Like, as far as instructions go. Like, this is, you know, where you would put show prep after a song. Like, this is how I need to relate back to this artist kind of thing. It's, uh... His instruction to this is when you're going to call the matron of honor up and the best man for them to give their speech. When we're cutting the cake, this is the song that you're going to play in the background while we're cutting the cake.
0: Awesome.
3: Okay. Very to float clear.
2: in. And I said, and I have structured all of these songs. So
3: you are really producing this. Whole yeah. Affair.
2: I've structured all, all of these songs. Um, they, they, the intensity of the feeling of the music, you know, it, it, appropriately rises as the celebration continues we don't come out of the gate with the first song of the reception being you know on 11 right you know we start we start easy we start easy we start easy then the wedding party gets introduced then you know we knock out our dances i'm trying to take care of all of the business of the wedding in a timely fashion, so people can just relax and enjoy it and get to the cake. We're not cutting the cake class. The cake's going to be done. I like this. You've uh, thought
0: it out.
3: Uh,
2: well, yeah. I have been, been to weddings. I've been in weddings. And, you know, I want it to run as efficiently as possible.
3: What's the protocol of wedding crashers? Do I have to, you know, should I be practicing my boxing moves? Uh, my Muay Thai? I' be kicking somebody's butt. You
2: know the Godfather stopped by to visit me today. The Godfather and Kim stopped by and we were talking. We were talking about the extra number of folks that we hadn't really thought about and she she said for us to let people know the first first 150 get in free. <laughs> 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 but uh, in all seriousness, we make a joke at home. Um, or I make the joke at home. I didn't think that many people liked me. Mm. For us to have so many people that want to come and celebrate this day with us, it's very touching. It's very overwhelming. Well,
3: these are these are good anxieties and stresses to have.
2: Yeah, I still don't have shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't have shoes. It's just never a thought. I'm gonna have to get with Kaylee, uh, Eric's niece. So she can give me a crash course on false eyelashes. <laughs> See, these thought uh, Maybe I'll have the thought the
3: day of what about my shoe? Oh, wait, the shoes came with the with the tux. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> good. I'm um, good. Yeah, you're all right. Yeah, y'all
2: Charlie. are all squared away. Yeah, it's,
3: we're, it's easy for us gentlemen Society
1: has right? made it easy for us. Yeah. Everything's in one little package. Exactly.
2: Y'all can show up two days before, pick up your suit and your shoes and everything, and then you just have to be dressed and show up at the Capital City Club. It's it's that easy.
3: I was telling you off air, um, I really have been getting into this debate that's ongoing. Mm -hmm. um, Pretty much across the whole nation. But in particular, there's a sort of war between all the bloggers and writers out there and pundits like Tucker Carlson on Fox News or writers like David French who's been on these airwaves. He writes for National Review, I believe. And... It, it, I don't know. Y'all are a perfect example of the exception to what I think everybody's assuming is this common angst and anger and this alienation. That's the word they like to use in American life. That we're, you know, we're not starting bowling clubs anymore. And we're not you know, going to church as much as we should. We're not, you know, Whatever. This idea that Americans are lonely and alienated and not getting by, and we're not happy, and we want somebody to blame for it. Hmm. And I look at my own life, and even though I'm pretty much, my disposition is kind of a human Eeyore, I'm a, but I like being a malcontented loner. I like, being, I like being an introvert. I like my alone time, all right? But even at the end of the day, I know a lot of people, a lot of family, I have a lot of friends, I can still reach out to folks. You saying... I mean, would you say you were surprised by the amount of people who accepted the RSVP and then the extras who weren't even invited want to come?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I... I I know these are people I cared a lot about, but you always wonder what people really think of you. Right. You know? And to uh, to get those all those responses of people obviously think pretty highly of you if they're going to come and, uh, and be there for your wedding for the most important day in your life.
3: Well, and I, I don't want to make an example of you, but excuse me, pardon me. It's fine. I remember Eric, Emily from like a year or two ago and you were getting by. You're having fun with life. Yeah. But there was one night I remember in particular where you were not a happy camper we all go through stuff like that. yeah. And then life sort of changed in many ways. Career-wise, love-wise. It's almost like you, I mean, by your own initiative and working with other people, because it does take a village. It doesn't mean it takes a government program. It does take other people. It's how we survive in this world. Mm -hmm. Family and community. You have, I think, done a complete 180 to where it is now starting a new family. And Fe- Be obviously happier than you were, yeah, on all sorts of metrics. And just to see it in one person's life, I've seen changes in my own life. I don't know your situation as intimately, Eric. I've mm-hmm. started to, but it's amazing how people, if you just keep doing the right thing, we keep telling a common friend that by the way. yes, i'm out I'm talking to you, Mr. Spotlight. Keep doing the right thing. And good things will eventually happen. You can start to build a life, start to build momentum. It doesn't mean something tragic isn't around the corner. I sure as hell have experienced that. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand this argument that is going on nationwide in different ways. That everybody in America is so alienated and unhappy and pissed off and wants somebody to blame. When all around me, like my brother's getting married in the summer. I'm the best man. I'm another wedding I'm a part of. I'm seeing people in my own family newfound friends, all sorts of people excelling in life. Even when the circumstances aren't the best. There's so much. It gives me hope. I think I almost feel like a lot of the the political stuff is meant to feed into something that isn't good. It isn't a good narrative. We can pursue our own happiness pretty well even when times are tough.
1: I think if if we're told we're unhappy by these people then they can tell us what makes us happy yes and that's a form of control yes it is well said
2: i have to be very selective with news and especially with politics right because man once you get so wrapped up in that it's so overwhelming and you think well what's the point you know the country's going to hell in a handbasket anyway Well, that's. but it's not I've always been of the mindset y'all just leave me alone and let me live my life I'm not going to hurt anybody I'm going to treat everybody else the way that I want to be treated and I'm just going about my business don't need y'all telling me what to do and feel that way pretty much about about everything, like we're ha- yeah. we're happy, yeah, and and the television can tell us that we need to be unhappy and we need to be outraged and this is a crisis or it's a manufactured crisis or there needs to be a GoFundMe so Nancy Pelosi can have her own podium <laughs> and not have to <laughs> share it with Chuck. But oh, you know, wow. that's a that's the thing. Like when I when I look at that stuff, I get angry because. I get very angry
0: it's because to do that.
2: Uh, you know find common ground you're you're up there representing us yeah. and none of us are happy about what is going on and you're gonna be withholding paychecks and stuff you don't do that to people you don't do that to people who are planning a wedding that may be government workers and need that paycheck you know what I mean <laughs> that's rude
1: yeah. and that's not
2: why you were elected you were elected to go up there yeah. and take care of folks and you got to put your own ego aside to do your job.
3: Well, it reminds me of a song, though.
2: I think they forget that it's their job. They're not up there just to be on television.
3: Well, but that's the thing. It it reminds me of a song. It's a great old soul song by The Impressions. The same thing it took. Gonna take the same thing to, to keep your baby. If you got that woman by lying, you got that woman by crying, you're gonna have to lie, you're gonna have to cry for the rest of your days. And... That applies, I think, to a lot of these politicians. They got up there because they're on TV. They got up there because they told people, your life is so without, but I have the solution. And if they give up that game, and they relent, they actually, I agree with you completely, especially in something like immigration. We've been talking around this issue for 30 years. Yeah. And if it takes a shutdown it takes whatever so be it but solve the problem
2: figure it out get it done there's no other job where you would be allowed 30 years to solve one problem (laughs) right
3: and by multiple people and the reason it doesn't get solved is because they rely on the resentment they rely on blaming the other and that takes on many forms it can be the right blaming the left and and the left blaming the right and the every man blaming the elites and all this stuff. And the, the rub is, and it's ironic, is partly it's true. Left's done all sorts of things the right should be pissed about and vice versa. The elites have, in some ways, not looked out and considered what it's like for the average American. But to go to this like deep spiritual level that I think tears at the heart of the country, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, to say we have to sacrifice liberty in some way in order for you to be able to be happy and we know what'll make you happy it just it seems like a very dangerous idea and again there's an example sitting right in front of me where life isn't you wake up some mornings i'm sure and life isn't grand you might be sick one day you might oh no the puppy crapped on the carpet again (laughs) you know there's little things in life that'll drive you nuts but at the end of the day when you lay your head down on the pillow you're like okay life's pretty good It's not easy, but it's kind of worth. It's like you planning this wedding.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. It's not easy. It's stressful. A lot of anxiety with it. But it's definitely worth it. Oh yeah. We,
2: you know, we had our second to last pre-marriage counseling session last night, and Pastor said, you know, spending so spend so much time planning it, and it's going to go by just like that. Because I was, you know on on my meticulous planning when I did the day of schedule I, I gave 40 minutes for the ceremony. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, it may be too long. It's probably going to run about 30 minutes. And I said, no, this is 40 minutes from when the first person walks in to when the last person walks out. Okay, And he was like, oh yeah, then yeah. <laughs> and he was like, but that 40 minutes is going to go by so quickly and you're going to be like, ah, I, planned, I planned all this and, and there you have it. Mm-hmm. And, and then he said, are you going to want me for pictures? Uh, it's like, yeah. And he was like, all right. <laughs> but I've, you know, I've known him for 16 years, so.
3: I mean, I don't want to make y'all blush, but this just came to my mind. Yeah. Have y'all talked about the kiss?
2: Uh, he said, what did he say last night when he was going through the order of everything? He said, you may kiss yo woman. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, but is it going to be a a, a a peck or is it going to be, gonna a, be a,
2: very a tasteful? It's going to be a very appropriate kiss for <laughs> 1140 in the morning. With all
3: your families around you.
2: <laughs> yes, pretty much the whole state of Alabama. Yeah.
3: Oh, that's a great tradition. It's also one that I've always been like, okay.
2: It can get awkward <laughs> Really quickly. If you go too long, if you go too long, or if you get a little graphic with it, and then <laughs> and then it's awkward when it's just the the quick, you know the, boop. Right. You know, then then it's like, oh man, if that's an indicator of how passionate you are about each other.
3: Yeah, but you don't want to get too passionate.
2: No, it's what I'm saying, you find that like that very appropriate.
3: The Goldilocks zone, you know. Yeah. You know, perfect, <laughs> just right. Just right. It's like when you're eating oatmeal. Or grits, you know. You don't want to eat them too quick right off the stove. Or too long after, <laughs> where they become a cold brick. Yeah, uh, you, know, you want that nice yeah. right after the butter's melted. That's when you go in for the kiss, I mean, the grits. Yeah, yeah.
2: that's
3: when it's good. Mm. Uh, but there's somebody on the phone here.
2: Oh, risky click of the evening.
3: Let's see who it is. News Talk, you're on the air.
2: Who are these people on the air
0: with you tonight? Was 84 busy or something? <laughs> this it. is be. I up? thought it was you. Yeah, I could hear the are. beard
3: through the phone.
0: Hey, I, I I trimmed it back the other day, man. It's uh it's not as long as it was.
3: Well, it's gonna get hot here soon. You don't want to be yeah, uh, sweating yeah. from your chin.
0: Uh, you know, sometimes like I lose the remote, I have to trim it. You know, see if it's in there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I just I just had to call and uh and and get under Emily's skin a little bit cuz I know she don't like me. I just like to call it aggravator sometimes. What are you
2: even talking about?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I just thought I would annoy you by calling.
2: You know, I I'm just going to tell you this. 17 days before my wedding. Maybe not the best time to try to get up under my skin. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, I'm just playing. How y'all doing tonight? Uh,
2: good. Yeah, good.
3: Mm. A I'm a little I'm a little pensive. And deepen thought here, also
2: known as being Joey. Yeah,
3: well, thank you.
0: Oh, okay, all right. Well, uh, who is it tonight? Is it Bridget or Amy or which which personality is out tonight?
2: No, it's Emily. It's just oh, okay. okay. It's always me. It's just the listeners that think I'm someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. I
2: know. No, William, I, I want to ask you because you're you know
3: you're one of these everymen. You are a self-declared redneck, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You like to drink beer, tell stories, watch the water flow?
0: Right, right.
3: Right. Yeah, or the fire crackle. It's fun. You know, it's a good... I would grew up that way, watching the campfire for hours, not saying much. Like, mm, yeah. it's a cold night tonight. I'm glad we're by the yeah, fire. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: part-time porch honky, you
3: know? Right, but you're... You know, exactly, you honky. Uh right. I was just waiting for you to say it yourself. But, no, my point is, like... I meet a lot of everyday people that are working hard in their life, and I don't understand sometimes where the, I'll put it how I feel. When I see the politicians or some political pundit say, like, you should be unhappy with your life. You should be unhappy with it. You should be mad at these people because your life is unhappy. I, I just want to tell them
2: to
0: F off. Like, I don't understand that. I don't understand why they want to make everybody think everybody else is unhappy. And somebody's to blame. Right, right. I, I don't, I don't understand it. You know, uh, if if I'm not happy with the way things are going in my life, it all traces back to decisions I've made myself. So you know, why blame somebody else, right? Amen.
3: Even when things outside of your control happen, what is, what's the...
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's do what uh, you can. Uh, you know, I I, uh, I, I try to, I try to stay positive, you know. But uh, right now, I'm just trying to get this. Big red beast back to
2: Montgomery and Park, it so I can go home. This big red beast. Yes. Oh yeah, he's in the truck.
0: There. Oh okay. Yes, I'm in the yes, I, I'm in the
2: big red beast. Scared the bejeebers out of me the other day.
3: <laughs> oh, with his big red beast. Yes, I
2: was, like, <laughs> I was going. I was going to. It's the day that I found the bridesmaids' dresses for my sisters, and uh, was turning left into. Like where Ross and Target and all that stuff is on Cobb's Ford, and Prattville. So I was in the left turn lane. He was going straight. I just it was loud. Oh my God! It scared the crap out of me. I looked around. Well, and <laughs> was... William B is hanging out the side of his truck. Hey! <laughs> she called me
0: a goober. She said it was goober hanging out the side of a truck. Yeah. <laughs> you are a yeah. goober. Well, let me let me see. I don't know if you can hear this one or not. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, this one's kind of sick. It's got a mm-hmm. head cold. Yeah. but
2: uh, It'll scare the crap uh, out of you, though.
0: <laughs> oh, this, this is not my normal truck. My normal truck's in the hospital. It got sick, so I'm driving this old raggedy Peterbilt tonight.
3: Well, <laughs> get well soon, regular And truck. get
2: home safely.
0: Oh, yeah, it's not going to be long. But anyway, just wanted to call and uh, say hello, and uh, uh, it's the time's getting close, right? 17 days. Or is it 16?
3: Is it 6? Well, <laughs> if you're Rich
2: Thomas, it's probably already 15. <laughs> I, I appreciate
3: you calling him, William, and I really appreciate right. you listening, man. Thank you. Be
2: good, man. See ya. Later. I love Rich. He's he's the best. He
3: really is. He, Wait, what a gift to Blue Water Broadcasting.
2: No kidding. He's And he's so dang funny. There are things that happen off air that rich says or jokes about this it just it'll leave me and mm-hmm. jay in the floor laughing so hard and then a lot of it gets over the air too though and some of his very subtle jokes like did you hear the oh dear this morning were you listening
1: i tuned in late
2: Yeah, oh, it's during it was during morning maroons about um this game warden was on a dating site and this woman matched with him and she started bragging about how she had killed a buck, and it, it wasn't an in season or oh, something no. like that. So Greg's telling the story, and Jay and I are just like, oh, oh, my God, what a bonehead. And then over here, very quietly, you've got, oh, dear. <laughs> 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 it's just
3: like... <laughs> I gotta love the pun.
2: Oh, man.
3: Rich is great. I, I like a man who knows his business, too. Mm-hmm. i very good at what he does on radio and... Assessing the weather. Yeah, know, I mean, event.
2: he's he's a, he's a across the board. He's great at but, broadcasting. He also, uh, I've, I've told myself I'm not going to bug him about the wedding day forecast until ten days out. He told me fifteen would be okay, but I think I'm just going to take ten. I'll take the Rich Thomas ten, which will be eleven.
1: I I did tune in early enough to hear that I'm right you right. Did you hear I am, I am, I am. Oh You were right. Yes.
2: About we should have... We should have... wait. No. We should have waited <laughs> to... He kept... I wanted puppies, I wanted puppies, I wanted puppies, and... Or a dog. And he said we needed to do it after the wedding. And then I got suck, suckered into these two, this brother and sister combo. And we went and got them. And now it's 17 days before the wedding... And I must say, Eric was completely right. We should have waited until after we got married to get puppies. (laughs) Puppies are a lot of work. Oh my lands. They really
3: are. They are adorable, though. Punky and Claude.
2: Claude walks and pees at the same time.
3: That's what they do. It's just like this little trail. Luckily, they're still small, and it's it's frustrating, but it's also cute.
1: You know what I mean? I'm just waiting for tomorrow. Tomorrow they get their last parvo shot, and then we can let them loose in the yard. Thank God for that.
2: Eric's had to board up like half of the screen in porch because they've busted through.
3: Well, and I was just helping somebody, first time cat owner over the weekend. This person will remain anonymous, but uh, this cat is awesome. Full grown cat. It's like Mm -hmm. two, three years old. But you know how a cat has to get used to their surroundings, but... You really need to like have the proper place to put the, you know, the bed and the litter box and plenty of toys. And, of course, I told her what I've been telling y'all, and I've been telling the audience. Yes, I just did a shameless segue. Go buy four healthy pets because they sponsor the show, number one. But Teresa is one of these, I don't know, she cares so much about her own pet, she realized, I want to offer the same care and love to everybody else's pets. Provide them with high quality, all natural, responsibly sourced Brands sort or of everyday feeding of your dog or cat, but also really high quality all natural treats like the
1: chicken crack. Cats and dogs love it. Seth went in there today. That's, right. that's what I, I was
2: about to say. Yeah. I had
1: lunch with Seth today, and it was we were just down the street from Four Healthy Pets. He said I, I want to go in there, so he went in, talked to Teresa. We've got some blueberry flavored treats for all the dogs. All natural stuff. And, yeah. Uh, Seth said he bought some chicken crack. So. Oh, the chicken jerky! He sent so me good.
2: a picture of Loretta, and he was holding the crack up <laughs> under her face. They
3: go nuts for it.
2: Loretta's just like drop it and go.
3: Almost as nuts as the meowawana.
2: They love that little catnip it's, blunt.
3: It's a yeah. Catnip gimmick, and it's so cute and adorable. Uh, no matter what your idea is about the legalization of cannabis, to see a little cat holding like a a, a joint full of catnip is hilarious.
2: Irene will hold it with all four. Pause.
3: (laughs) It's so good. This is just a little bit of what you can find over at 4 Healthy Pets. It's the Village East Shopping Center on Atlanta Highway. Very easy to find. Once you know Village East, it's right on the same side of the road as Faulkner University on Atlanta Highway. Right next to Faulkner, that shopping center. is a little shopping center right there for Healthy Pets. Just stop in, tell Teresa, Joey sent you. Joey says hi. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, really, check out. Somebody's putting in their hard work of their sweat into making sure it's a successful local business that's helping take care of your pet, making sure they're healthy, happy have a good shiny coat and it's uh, something I am seriously, I know I've been talking about it, but I've been trying to get you know the finances and living situation right I'm now leaning towards a cat, having helped this person, I've had dogs my whole life I've always been, a few years ago I would have been the only dog guy but now after, I've fallen in love with cats.
2: Cats are great they get a bad rap but they're yeah. great. They're we not get the... A tortoise, a tortoise shell ones, like, like Irene, uh, very social.
3: Okay, good.
2: Tuxedos, like Loretta,
3: she's yeah, an elitist. Yeah, this cat I've been helping with is an elitist yeah. tuxedo. Yeah.
2: But he, he
3: warmed up to me. He lets me pet him some. And then... Like in half a second, okay, I'm done.
2: Uh, I'm going to hang out in my cat scratch post. She'll come come lay down with you when she wants to lay down with you. If she talks to you, it's just to let you know it's time to clean out the litter box. (laughs) (laughs) Just put my makeup on this morning and she was...
3: When I do rescue a cat, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go buy four healthy pets. That'll be one of my first stops to get your... Uh, make sure I have everything to make sure that cat has a good home and feels comfortable as possible. Even yes. if they might be a little elitist. <laughs> Stop by Worthy Pets or check them out for HealthyPetsOnline.com. We'll be right back. Joey
0: Clark.
3: Oh, welcome back, folks. Well, oh, the world, America's just turned into shopping malls and cheap entertainment, and yeah, I like it. What's wrong with a shopping mall? Good grief, people. Being able to go to a glorious thing called a food court? Any type of food you've ever wanted? Right there at your fingertips? You can now deliver almost every restaurant to your door? You know, material things don't make you happy? They can help can certainly help. And as far as cheap entertainment goes, I was telling y'all off air. What's up, Emily? I'm
2: sorry. Know? I'm sorry. Heath Stone, our photographer for the wedding. Sorry, yeah. that was just photography.
3: You just had this... Folks who aren't watching, you're just listening. <laughs> Emily had this look on her face it was like, you were in pain. You I had, have a
2: very expressive face. I can't help it.
3: It's nothing to apologize
2: Don't for. play poker. Or maybe play poker with me. You'll never know. Um, But Heath wants the special macaroni and cheese.
3: Oh, he called me about that. I made the most glorious, yes, I am elitist, glorious, (laughs) mac and cheese for Thanksgiving for my family. I spent $30 on cheese alone. (gasps) Yeah, Cabot New York Reserve cheddar, some goat black truffle cheese and the bechamel sliced gouda. Loads and loads my of Kerrygold butter. Buddha. It's glorious. I'll give it to you in private, Keith. Or Heath. Heath. Excuse me, Heath. You can see why I might have done that. <laughs> anyway, you mentioned off-air
2: uh-huh, yes. that
3: one of the songs, uh, do you want to let that out of the bag?
2: Yes, because we do have um, a few, I don't want to say secrets or surprises, but I will share this because I'm super pumped about it. Okay. Because I can just see it playing out in my head. Uh, when the wedding party is introduced during the reception, mm-hmm. that will be to Don't Stop Me Now by Queen.
3: It's such a good song. Now, I went through a phase with that song. Because, you know, especially young teenage guys, we, we can be a little, you know, insecure. So, initially, I love that song. Um, and then, at a certain point, I learned about Freddie Mercury's life and went, wait, what is this song really about. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm back to just loving it.
2: It's just so great. It starts out so great and Dr. Sam's got the instructions.
3: He's going to make a supersonic man out of you. All it's right? going to be, so um, be so fun. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I mentioned cheap entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, just the, the funnies are on. Let's watch the funny. Yeah, I enjoy that crap. I enjoy wrestling and I enjoy singing shows. And uh, one singing show that just came out last week at the internet talking about it. And at first, when I saw the headlines in the internet, I'm like, I'm not watching that. But when I get home, this is a great thing about having roommates, they have it on the TV. (laughs) And I was hooked immediately. It's like the masked singer is the name of the show. And it's masked, well-known celebrities that are wearing these full-blown, you can see it on the computer screen here, full-blown like outfits, like mascot outfits. It's Mm -hmm. not just a mask. It is... This is the monster I have pulled up to the screen. It's like
2: Donnie Darko. Yeah,
3: and then there was also the, the peacock and oh, the peacock. unicorn and the lion. It's all these celebrities dressed up in these ridiculous mascots where you cannot tell who they are. Like, you cannot see their faces. You can't even see their bodies, really. Oh, the lion, you can see her hips. That's pretty awesome. Robin Thick comments on it way too much. Mm. Um, <laughs> but here is the monster... They revealed the celebrities last week. They're going to introduce new ones, I think, Tonight. And the, uh, the monster chose this song. Um, and I think you'll recognize it. And who is this?
0: Tonight, gonna have my
3: Which celebrity? I
0: feel alive.
3: And for folks who can't watch, it's ridiculous over the top. This monster costume's hilarious.
2: Voice
0: is that screen screen? Screen?
3: It's not Chris Brown. <laughs>
0: I'm
3: not going to be a to old thing.
2: my favorite one,
3: but he's so good.
2: Who was it?
3: They haven't revealed it, but there's a lot of people guessing about who it is. And I think the internet, in its infinite wisdom, the wisdom of the crowd, has come up with the correct answer. Which would... Because they before they do their performance, they lay out all sorts of hints. And his hints, I believe, were, I was dropping hit after hit after hit, but I got caught up in a gimmick or something like that and people didn't think I was a real singer, I went, oh. And then we discovered, you know, I I don't want to say, but NPR's Tiny Desk Concerts. Yeah, yeah. They're fantastic. Yeah. And they're very stripped down. So do not look at the computer.
2: But I want to.
3: Tiny Desk. Tiny Desk. Tiny Desk. No, 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 no. I might have to dump this if he curses.
0: Baby girl, what's your name? Let me talk to you. Let me buy you a drink and then I'm T-Pain. You know me.
3: Convict music. Never- we think it's T-Pain. Oh. We think the monster singing Don't Stop Me Now is T-Pain. Because the guy got caught up in that whole like auto-tune mm-hmm. trend. Oh. And, people, yeah. and even I thought the guy can't sing. That's why he's doing the auto tune effect. Like, because that's what that's what Yee, that's what Kanye does at the end of his concerts. He just complains about his life, but like the yeah. voice thing, and uh, I, it just sounds very similar. I couldn't. Go ahead, go ahead, Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham, yes, Bo Burnham does a great stand up special yes, about this. Make happy. Emily, have you never seen a Bo Burnham special?
2: No, I have. I have. It's the he one d- we watched. Yeah. Yeah.
3: At the end, he's making fun of the voice box thing. The very. Yeah, end but didn't he his-
2: do a f- didn't he do one about country music? as yeah. Well? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the key change and all that stuff.
3: Yeah. No, it's a great point though too, where we have all this hip new. None of us work on country stations, but you have all this hip new country music out there that's really just pop and R and B music with like country motifs and country themes and maybe some country country instrumentation. Like it's got a, you know, steel pedal guitar in the background.
1: Yeah, that's all it is. Steel pedal guitar and an accent. It pick up trucks. Red solo cups.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating. Blue jeans. I feel like what gets classic... (laughs) (laughs) Overalls. He looks fine
3: in those overalls. I agree with you. You're marrying a good-looking man.
2: (laughs) Almost cussed. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. Uh, Um, Yeah, country music. You know, on the Gump, we do the Gump Local Showcase every Sunday night. And it's, uh, you know, artists that fall into... uh, Local artists and those throughout the state that make original music and fall into the alternative category. And that's a broad category these days. It's, It's not just grunge you know uh, it's, it's, it's a wide range so a lot of stuff gets submitted and there's so many uh, great tracks that get submitted but are just outside the parameters of what we can do and I believe the buttery one is wanting to uh, apply that local showcase um, to Bama country
3: Nice. Okay, very good. Because
2: cool. there's there's a lot of stuff that we've got and I think it's I think he's thinking about it for Bama Country. I don't know, I can't speak for him and I don't want to Yeah,
3: this is not I a- don't
2: wanna be wrong and be on his radar and him hate me.
3: Well this is not <laughs> happening as of now, but it's a possibility. No,
2: it's it's something that he's he's mentioned and so I've gone through all of of the submissions that have been sent to me for Gump. And, and weeded out some stuff. Like, Will Stewart from Birmingham. I mean, it's Americana, but to to me, I feel like that's what country country is. Uh, not the...
3: the I, no, I completely the, agree. Where you
2: just throw and, out sentence fragments and, and... if
3: we're talking about our sister stations, just for the music, not a comment on the jocks is I love everybody here.
2: We have a um, good crew here. We B-Water. really
3: do, but... I prefer, if I'm going to listen to the country, the possum as opposed to Same. the country. That's uh, just a personal taste.
2: Just because that's... Uh, okay. Line item number 48 <laughs> on the reception playlist slash guidelines. Wow. You
3: have line items?
2: Yes. Because my stepmother pointed it out
3: to you me. Do you have a laminated notebook?
2: <laughs> no. <clears throat> but maybe I should laminate one just in case the drink spills. <laughs> But Do- Dr. Sam read it, and he laughed. And it was in tiny print This before I...
3: This is line item, line, line item 48.
2: He's looking over everything. He's like, oh, that, that's a good song. It's a great song. He was, and he was making fun of how small the print was, and he said, stairway to heaven. And I was like, no, it's spiral staircase. And so, oh. uh, but he gets to line item 48, and it says, uh, this is where the request's uh, guidelines are. And line item 48 says, no country music released after 1995. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, good, 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 good. I got... I we going to have a big time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, th- there's some early 90s country. That's what I kind of grew up with.
2: Well, you know, we're going to have to have some Forever and Ever Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are some particular jams that are going to have to be played. Right. But when it, it, got, it got too poppy, it,
3: it is, and, and maybe there are people out there who love it, and I don't want to knock them necessarily. It's just not my personal No, thing.
2: and that's the thing. That's not knocking it at all. No, it's just not it my cup of tea. It just doesn't feel... That, That to me, is pop. It's not country. Like some Shania Twain stuff. So much fun. So much fun to listen to. I don't consider that country. They consider that pop. Like when she did the little crossover, jam. Right. But it's... Not that does not mean that it's bad. It just means just the same way we spoke about with alternative being a a broad spectrum of stuff. Now, countries evolved, and you know, hip hop and R and B evolves. I'm sure if we had fresh up here, he'd talk about.
3: Back oh yeah, in the day and there's and, still arguments now that the, the mumble rap and the crap going on now that's not real hip hop. And yeah, you can hear you know rock and roll. And I have made the point like, why is so much like heavy metal rock music, which I've lately have gotten more into. Why is it so dreary, though?
2: I mean, that's the shtick.
3: Yeah, like, I don't... I, like, classic rock sometimes is dreary and sometimes dark, which is cool. Like, I can... I like it. But then there's other, you know, like, the classic sex, drugs, rock and roll. Like, it's... it's happy. It's a celebration of life. Mm. We're the generation after the greatest generation. We're the... <clears throat> you know, we're gonna enjoy ourselves. And sometimes... I wanna enjoy myself to a rock song, but not when it's like about drug addiction and suicide. Like it, those songs have their place but they,
2: they do and there's a song that we play that I just it's I, I I don't care for it and we have to listen to it. It's about suicide and it just Yeah.
3: Well those songs have their place <sighs> and maybe if it reaches somebody uh at the right time those songs are important. Yeah. Um but it's just it's interesting how, in this day and age, you have to make clear. I'm not knocking; it's just not my cup of tea. I suppose I am knocking, but I'm not saying other people. No, can't folks enjoy will get it.
2: very defensive about it. Yeah, and you know, I um, I got the promotion of music director, which is something you know I've always wanted to be because I want to work up to being a program director one day. And I love our format on The Gump; it's alternative and. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning from one of the best people in this business, and that's Rick. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll listen to a track, and he'll just kind of look at me, and I'll be like, you know, unintentionally, I'll say, oh, God. <laughs> and he was like, it's not about what you like. And I, I was like, I know. I know, well, but, s- reach but people, still, yeah. but still, he was like, "Nope, got to start thinking differently. Right,
3: <laughs> right. It's, I mean, it's tough, though. I don't know. I'm coming back to my original thought of the night. And, like, there's so much going on. Like, so many people finding success in big ways and small that this narrative that America is the worst it's ever been. And then you can look at, like, hard economic numbers. Like, there was a great chart that showed how many hours of labor a hundred years ago did you need to eat a loaf of bread to make a phone call to go to a movie. All these things, which I guess movies were starting around 100 years ago, and compared it to a minimum wage worker today and an average worker today, which is, I think, about $18 an hour is the average worker. And it showed on pretty much every instance, we have it better off today by leaps, by magnitudes, where, like, phone calls, certain technology has just made things, even for so-called the poor and working class, very accessible. And the only difference I saw on there is 100 years ago, it was easier for your average worker to own a median house as it is for a minimum wage worker to own a medium house today.
0: Hmm.
3: That was the only thing that maybe 100 years ago was better, but I wouldn't advise somebody on a minimum wage salary to try to buy a house necessarily, though there are options out there.
1: I like the analogy I've seen several places um, 100 years ago. Everybody had a horse. The rich had a car. Now everybody has a car, and right. the rich have horses. Well, I heard a,
3: <laughs> I heard an offer. Like if somebody could magically make this happen. Like say we're actually living in the Matrix. This is all a, you know, a computer dream. And, Never
2: really saw the Matrix. But... Well,
3: anyway, the the architects or the agents come to you and say, "Would you?" Here's the the question. Would you rather be working class or even poor today in 2019? or would you rather be Rockefeller, Carnegie, the richest man on earth 100 years ago in 1919 and I, after thinking about it went because I don't, I think the trappings of fame and power or economic or political power are are just that they're a trap so I would choose today even if I was considered poor because of what you just made the point Eric Like not just cars, it's things people in 1919 never could have even
1: dreamed of Right. And it, I, our technology now is I mean we complain about everything including the technology that makes our lives infinitely better than what it was 100 years ago. When there is a pattern in history that anytime something's new whether it's a car
3: or the train or airplanes or oil or whatever this is like airplanes and trains in particular all oh, those things look dangerous. Why can't you just take a horse or at least a carriage, you know? Like, it's just people will complain about something new coming along. Then it makes their lives better, and they complain it's not making it as better as it should. Right.
2: The, the unknown is scary. It is. I mean, that's... No, the complaining does have its role.
0: It drives people to do even better things and make even better things and make life even more convenient.